the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rescuers Radio Show, which can be heard every Thursday at Faith Talk 1360 or faithtalk1360.com every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And after that, it goes into the, the, the uh, as a podcast on iPod, uh, iPodcast. Um, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you uh, Google Rescuers Radio Show, you'll find us. Hey, I am really excited about our guests right now to, uh, at this moment. Uh, Brian and Erica Lamka are missionaries, and where are they? They're at Quito, Ecuador, South America. Hi, guys. Hey, Hello. how's it going? Good to uh, to have you on the show today, and we have so much to talk about. Uh, first, I always like to have my guests talk about their backstory. Uh, tell us, our audience, a little bit about yourselves. Uh, how did you get to this point? Go ahead. Take uh, Well, we're Brian and Erica Lamka, and we have three beautiful daughters. Um, and God called us to the mission field separately before we even got married. Actually, today is our nine-year anniversary. Nice. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Um, thank you. you. Um, yeah, so God called us to the mission field, and it took us about six years, but we finally got here to Quito, Ecuador. And Brian, what yeah, about you? So I, I actually grew up on the mission field. Um, when I was about 12, our family moved to, um, to Peru, and I lived there for about six years just before I, I went back to college. And from the time I was about 14, I knew that, that, that that's, that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and so God has allowed me to do that and allowed me to do that with, with a really awesome person. So it's, it's been great. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so together, uh, you've been in, in, in the mission field at, at, now in the past before Ecuador, has it all been in the United States? Were you in other countries? I think Purdue, you did yeah. mention Peru, right? We did. Yeah. So we actually started our foreign um, missionary experience with a, a program called Link Year. Um, we're with an organization called Inca Link. Um, and one of their gap year pro- or their gap year program is called Link Year. Um, and so we were the couple that ran that with three and a half, <laughs> really four, but two of them were part-time. 
uh, students. And so we traveled all over Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru for the first nine months of our international mission experience. And after that, we moved here to Quito, Ecuador. So most of our our time internationally has been in Ecuador, um, but we did spend some time in Colombia and Peru as well. And I think each of you have a Phoenix experience, right? <laughs> yes. We do. We do. So I, uh, I moved back to Phoenix. Well, I moved to Phoenix for the first time uh, in 2006 to, to go to college. Um, I studied communication um, at ASU, and I, I've lived there ever since. Um, so from 2006 to 2018. Yeah, and I lived in Phoenix from the time I was five years old until we moved to Quito. So, um, yeah, we did a lot with our local church, um, some refugee work. Some I worked with the youth group as a young woman, also Awana. So lots, (laughs) lots and lots of different things. Um, And then my the church that I grew up in also did a lot of work in Mexico. So I spent quite a bit of um, my time during the summers in Mexico, just over the border, um, and then deep down in Acapulco <laughs> for one summer. So yeah, we've, we've done a lot of uh, international and local in Phoenix mission. Great. So that's a great background for our audience to connect with you. And uh, uh, what, what church did you have here in Phoenix? Where were you? Uh, it's called Missio Day Phoenix, and it's wonderful. <laughs> if you're in Phoenix and looking for a church, um, we highly, highly recommend super it. Super highly recommend it. <laughs> Did you Honestly, say Visio Day? No. Missio. Oh, Missio. Okay. All right. Missio Day, the, the mission of God. Yeah, yeah, there's a friend of mine that has a Visio Day uh, ministry here in town. Oh, oh cool. Anyway, so you, you've been in uh, Ecuador now, what, a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. So we, we landed... Um, just before everything shut down here. Uh, so we got here in December of 2019 and about March 14th, March 15th, um, the country went on a, on a pretty, pretty severe lockdown. So lucky you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we timed it just right. Just time to buy a bed. And <laughs> so for a year and a half, you've lived a life of COVID in uh, Ecuador. Yes, we have. You, yeah. You've had. You must have had a lot of stumbling blocks, or didn't go the way you planned, or did it? Did it all work out? I mean, God's in control, but did, how did it work out? Yeah. So we, when we got here in December, I was pregnant with our third daughter, um, and so the world shut down. <laughs> and three weeks later, we welcomed Sonora into our lives. Um, she was actually born at home. <laughs> Partially because of COVID, partially because that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then the world shut down really hard here in Ecuador. Um, there was curfew from 2 p.m. until 5 a.m. the next morning. Um, only one member of the household was allowed to leave. Um, and unfortunately, our daughter had some mild health concerns at the beginning. So we uh, probably got her paperwork the fastest of any uh dual citizen child in, in history. history. Wow. <laughs> uh, put COVID on top of that. And then we, we actually went back to the States for a short period um, just to for the health of our family um, and then came back boots on the ground, ready to work. Yeah. Well, you so were fortunate was, to just be able to fly back to the US. US. 
absolutely. It, yeah. We did not think it was possible at yeah. all. Um, and then we had we had some friends that that were able to, and we went, okay, we might need to consider this. <laughs> and then I think two weeks later, maybe we were, a week later, we, we were, were on a plane. plane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was it was rough for our little girls um, because because everything was shut down, and because we were having a baby. Uh, grandma and grandpa were going to come and, and help help out and, and visit. And to, to have to tell them that they weren't able to make it was really, really rough. So we actually didn't tell them where we were going until we were on the air, in the airplane and it had, <laughs> it had the left the ground. Uh, so it was, it was, it was something else. So let's, yeah. let's go on to, uh, to the business at hand. What, what are you doing in, in yeah. Quito and, and uh, you you each have your own uh, ministry mis- missionary uh, path, but then you're in everything together as well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so break that down uh, for us. Yeah. So we have always felt called as a family to work together um, for the glory of the Lord, um, and part of that is being a healthy family and inviting people into that and showing them what a family that loves the Lord looks like and how we can bless other people. And so the Lord really um, laid on my heart, the mission of motherhood and just how we as mothers have this great opportunity to disciple um, and change the lives of our children. And here in Ecuador, um, about 16% of teenagers, teenage girls get pregnant. Um, and a lot of times it's due to familial abuse. Um, and so I work with a home called Casa Elizabeth. Um, and it's a home where we take in moms who are pregnant or have new little babies um, under the age of 18. The moms are under the age of 18. <laughs> and we take them in during this really vulnerable, really mm. difficult time of their life and help them learn what it means to be a mother, how to be a, a good mother, and then also, and most importantly, who Jesus is and what he's done in their lives. So um, six, a lot of times, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so 16% of teenage girls yeah. are pregnant. Yeah, it's, yes. Or, um, or get pregnant. That's a, yes. that's, and right, that's a, 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 wow, what a high figure that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now, our our um, cousin Elizabeth has four moms, and they're all pregnant due to abuse. One of them due to prostitution, um, and then the other ones are just all some sort of abuse that occurred within their own families. Okay, here so. in the Rescue Show, uh, we've been my last few guests, and I even have a guest coming in uh, later today, later for this show. But um, we've been talking about uh, human trafficking. Is that apparent in some of these girls in Ecuador? Um, Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times the girls that come into the home that that I work with um, aren't aren't necessarily victims of human trafficking. Um, They're just honestly victims of of brokenness, of familial generational brokenness. Um, But there is another home that we partner with that works with girls that are coming out of prostitution and out of human, human trafficking. So it's definitely um, very evident here. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, so, and 80% of those are unwanted and many of them don't even have any support. Right. So do do you go to uh, 
other missions. You were about to talk about a home that you have. Tell us about Casa Elizabeth. Yeah, so Casa Elizabeth, um, really, these girls oftentimes come in with unwanted pregnancies. Um, but here in Ecuador, adoption is very difficult. And so we we just teach them how to be moms and how to embrace the situations that have happened in their life and um, overcome those obstacles and really embrace motherhood and um, thrive in it. So uh, right now, so there's four moms in the home right now. One of them, um, her baby passed away soon after birth. So there's only three babies in the home um, and all three moms are just incredible. Mm -hmm. They've overcome the very tragic um, situations that led to their babies and have really embraced being really great mothers. And they all have a desire to support and love their babies mm. and really raise them in a, in a different situation than they grew up in. So it's a really beautiful picture of the gospel and what that looks like. Our symbol is actually a butterfly because uh, <laughs> the girls come nice. in um, and it's a home, like a safe little cocoon for them to go through this beautiful transformation, which is only possible through Jesus. Um, and as a result, we send out these beautiful butterflies, which are changing the next generation. Mm. They're raising their kids to be respectful. They love their kids. They um, treat them well and um, are just breaking those chains of brokenness. Oh, which wonderful. Is a really beautiful thing to see. Yeah. I want to remind our Rescuers audience that uh, we have Brian and Erica Lamka, missionaries in Quito, Ecuador, South America, and in case you're tuning in late. But uh, this is amazing. And does the government supply funding for this, or you have to go out and get donations, or how do you fund this? That's a really great question. It's kind of this interesting situation because we are connected with the government in that we follow all the government regulations, and the government um, has a big part and a big say in where these girls are going both to the home and then after the home. Um, it's not necessarily our decision um, where they go after. It's all tied up in the courts, but the government does not provide any funding. So yeah, we're all um, supply, we're all supported through donors, um, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, God. So um, uh was this was Casa Elizabeth already established when you got there, or did you help build this? No, it's about ten years old um, now. So there've been, I think, about thirty mamas who've gone through okay. who've gone through the home. So I'm jumping in now as a part of its story that is happening currently. <laughs> so because of COVID, uh, all over our country, and I would assume around the world is no different. We uh, Domestic violence has been a big issue. Is that true there? Yes, yes absolutely. Um, it's not something that's widely talked about, um, but yeah, we there's definitely um, issues that are coming up. So domestic violence is all too common a story outside of COVID in this country. Mm. Um, and then with the extreme lockdowns where people weren't, supposed to leave their homes and only one person was supposed to leave at a time. Um, I could definitely see 
a lot of domestic violence coming out of this season. Hey, Brian, you, you, on the other hand, are called to help and disciple young people uh, in, in, in along the same path. But tell us about that. Yeah. So when when I came down, um, the the main reason the main reason we we landed in Quito was was because of Casa Elizabeth. Um, this is this is the only place that the that Inkalink has something like this, um, and I've always always wanted to to pour into young men. So, so I could do that pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got here and I was working with, with, a with a ministry and they're, they're doing some, some really great stuff. Um, but God just sort of opened, um, my eyes to, to some of the stuff that the guys with this ministry and what they were going through. Um, I've, I've talked to so many young men here that had just, terrible examples of fathers in their own mm-hmm. lives. Um, I, I was talking to, to one guy whose, whose dad came at him with a machete at one point. Oh my God. Um, and another, just, just all sorts of, mm-hmm. of abuse or, or neglect. Um, just emotional. Basically, basically the two, the two most common types of dads that, amongst the, the men that I've talked to were either just not around or they wished that they weren't around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, Oh my goodness. We, if, if, if we see our father as, as, as mean or distant or cold, that's going to impact how we see God, our father. Um, so, so God opened up my eyes to, to this idea, to this, to this project called project lineage and project lineage basically serves to be a, a network of men who are willing to put in hard work today for what comes tomorrow in their families. So what we do is we get together uh, on a weekly basis and we do some sort of really intense workout together. Um, And and we use that as a, as a springboard into fatherhood Um, because, because to, to be a good athlete, you need dedication and consistency and humility um, and to be a good dad, those same things are, are what you need. Um, so we'll, we'll get together and, and we'll talk about, all right, you, you didn't want to do all those pushups. It was really hard to do, but mm. you did them. You, you don't want to, you want to keep a level head with your kids, but that's really hard. But if you do it, it's, it's going to be really good in the end, just like the effects of doing all the exercise. There's a benefit. So, Brian, are these small groups? Are they are they one on ones? Is it a large group process? We do a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, So on on a weekly basis, um, every Saturday night at at about seven o'clock, we get together. And right now we're we're in in an initial stage of it. So I have it capped at 12 people right now just because Mm -hmm. of of, of bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. but there's, there's about 12 of us and we get together and, um, normally I'll, I'll teach a little bit on, on, a, a, a parenting, um, on a, on a piece of parenting advice, like, like how to handle anger, or how to love your wife well, or how to reform the idea that you have of a dad, different things. Um, so, so that, that's, that's to everybody. Hmm. Um, and then, twice a week. Um, there's two small groups that I'm meeting with and we're going through, through a Bible study. Um, so we're doing that together 
And that just sort of opens an opportunity for us to speak into each other's lives a little bit more and a little more in depth. And then there's also a, a couple guys that I'm meeting with on a, on a one-on-one basis. Um, so, so we're doing a little bit of everything um, to meet people in different spots of where they're at. So I, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that also another issue here is addiction probably. From from what I've seen, um, the the particular group I'm working with, um, that doesn't seem to be a a big deal yet. But like I said, we're we're sort of doing a pilot, and and we have a pretty small group. But I am certain um, that as we go, then then we'll see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, just just walking around, just walking around town, you can see that 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 that's a that's a, that's very much something that's, that's out there. Um, and it, it is definitely something we're going to have to deal with. So anybody listening that thinks these issues are only common here in our country, <laughs> you have another thing to think about because it's worldwide and, and we're hearing a great, great, uh, description of that, uh, with both w- girls, women and, and men, young men, especially young girls, especially, uh, in Quito, Ecuador. So, um, so do you guys know, did, have you found a network of other missionaries that are there as well? There, there have been mission, there have been missionaries in Quito, um, throughout history, honestly. Um, right now there's, there's a lot fewer than there have been in the past. Um, partially because the Ecuadorian church is doing some, some really great stuff and, um, they're running with the gospel that they've been given. Um, what's, what's been given to them. They're, they're sharing with others. So, um, there's that how, and then there, there is some somewhat of a, of a missionary community, um, where we're at just in, in the part of town we're at, um, we're pretty far away from any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it does exist. Yeah. Well, the reason I, we, ask, reason I ask is you guys need support too. Totally. It's <laughs> very true. <laughs> God has honestly gifted us with two really amazing families, one that works with Casa Elizabeth and then one that works with our organization, but in a different ministry, super close by. They're both, um, both couples are Ecuadorian and they're huge blessing <laughs> to our family, but it, it is really hard. We were looking for a church really actively at the very beginning when we got here. And then with COVID churches aren't open or if they're open, they don't kids aren't allowed. Kids aren't allowed. So (laughs) we can't go, (laughs) but yeah, so it's been networking has been a little bit difficult in that regard with, with the addition of COVID. My own local church here has just been open for three weeks. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so slowly but surely they're coming back. Absolutely. So, uh, so I, um, <laughs> so I, I want to go back over some of these numbers are are just staggering. Uh, Erica, I, I can't. It's just hard to fathom. Sixteen percent of teenage girls, not uh, may get pregnant, get pregnant is the way it was it was phrased in right. your in your information, and then eighty percent of those are unwanted. And many of them do not have any support. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And uh, and Brian, uh, with young men, good for you, because uh, obviously the male in, in these families, whether male or female, is not good. And, right. and, and you've got to jump into the water at some point and figure out how do we how do we 
turn this around. And I, I know God is guiding you through every single step you take. Otherwise, this would make no sense, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool, God just kind of put our hearts in two different directions, but in the same direction at the same time. <laughs> Brian has a heart for dads and I have a heart for moms, which is beautiful um, because through the work of Linaje or Lineage, Brian's ministry, there's a great opportunity to prevent future abuse and future unwanted pregnancies. And we can show little girls how they should be treated and show little boys how to love God and love others. And it's just a beautiful opportunity to, for the Lord to use us to transform the next generation. Nice. So if I, if I hear you correctly, you actually knew about Casa Elizabeth before you arrived. Yes. Okay. I did. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, we're we're coming to the end of the program. Um, boy, I just wish we could continue for a while here, but but uh, you know, time time is our our controller. Sometimes <laughs> we, we all live by the clock, right? So, uh, but but gosh, this is great having you guys on. You you are uh, what a blessing you are to uh, Quito, Ecuador, and. And um, and the and the fact that you waited through the channels to get to Ecuador in the face of of COVID, and then you even returned at one point for your child's uh, health back to the United States, and then back again during COVID. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How, you you know some. Uh, I mean, I mean, God's amazing, but uh, He helped you find some people to put that together. That's obvious. Absolutely. So, so what? My final question for you is: uh, you know, we we are out of time, but uh, God bless you guys for all you're doing, Brian and Erica Lamka, missionaries, and in, in is it Quito or or Quito? Quito. 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 No, no, you. It's Quito, Ecuador. It's, it, right. It's not pronounced with the U. Yeah. All right. God bless you guys, and uh, may Thank God you. continue to bless you. And welcome you to Rest. You are rescuers indeed. Thank you for being on the show today. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.